Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal, and I have with me today a very special guest, and it's actually her second time being on with us, and this is going to be our first, um, one of the first installments for February, she wrote. Uh, please, please help me in welcoming Tilda Colt. Holt, how are you today, Tilda? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm good. Yeah, I'm so glad you could come back, and especially for February, she wrote. For some reason, February, she wrote, did not want to like come off my tongue and then it wanted to stay there. <laughs> it's a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> I've noticed, I've just noticed that like ever since like Monday, like I think I've been teaching too much. My tongue like sticks and this poor girl, I have to share this with everybody, this poor girl, I like said her name and like, I know her name and it just like wouldn't stick. It, my tongue stuck there. And then she said to me later, she comes up to me, she goes, you know, that's not my name. Right. And I, was, oh. I said, yes. I do know that's not your name. I said, I don't know what my problem is. She goes, I think you're really overworked, Mr. Kubal. I said, school's been pretty nuts. So I was like, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, In need of some holidays. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited for the holidays. Like I have, I have your book and I got two other people's and I'm just like, that's all I'm going to do besides holding my new nephew and stuff like that. So it's going to be, it's going to be a very nice, calming and enjoyable, you know, holiday just Hang with Much deserved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I was saying uh, to you before we started recording, um, you know, I was looking at some of your uh, past interviews on it and I got to thank you. Um, I just, just looked up your name and I found three new people uh, who I've not, you know, Ooh. seen before in terms of their podcasts and YouTube channels. So, oh, cool. Yeah. And I definitely need it because I have a 45 minute drive to work there and then <laughs> back. So sometimes I'm running out of, you know, seems weird running out of content, but sometimes I am. So, yeah, it was really cool. You had some really good ones, I have to say. So I'm definitely going to be trying to put some of those links into um, the description for you. So uh, those of you guys in the audience, I'll put those for you in all the descriptions. You can actually take a look at um, some of Tilda's other interviews, which were really, really good. On uh, that first question, what is your first step in your outlining process? I told you, I love the sticky notes that you had. Yeah. Yeah, so you know about the sticky notes, right? So um, actually, what I usually do when I start something new, I do all of my research first. And once I have a complete idea of what my world is, then everything stems from that. And then I start taking out my sticky notes. And on one of these, I'll usually write one chapter, um, just the character, the point of view character, and what needs to happen in that chapter. And I tend to have a different color for different characters if I have different point of view characters. And I'll write out all of the ideas for scenes that I have and I'll stop them up on a wall and I'll stop moving them around until I start to make a bit of an outline and get an idea of how I want my story to start and progress. And often what happens is that I have one or two things that I know want to happen at the beginning. So one of you, one or two chapters that I know I want somewhere towards the beginning of the story. And then usually one or two things that I know I want towards the end of the story. Hmm. And that might be the end of the book or the end of the trilogy. But that kind of gives me an idea of what I need in between, what I need to fill out in the oh, middle. Because yeah. I tend to find the middle bit is usually where the most trouble happens. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes deviations happen. Sometimes I don't know what I'm supposed to be writing, but I know I need to fill out pages and how am I going to do that? And just knowing exactly where I'm headed, that really helps me out. So yeah, usually I start uh, with both the beginning and the end at the same time. Okay. And see, I I just, I really liked when I was, so I did, uh, so for our audience, so I'll actually put that link up on 
uh, to Tilda's um, own YouTube channel where I found her outlining process with these sticky notes. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I struggled. And I said, right before we started recording, I really want to try this because I'm, you know, missing 10 different chapters. And, you know, I know certain things that are going to happen where, but I'm also missing character Mm -hmm. point of views. And I just liked when I was just like kind of stumbled on it. I was like, oh, this is like exactly what I need. Cause I feel like I could visually actually see you know where exactly. the whole I mean, thing is the thing is once you know sort of how many chapters or how long you want your book to be when you look at the space you can kind of see what the white space, mm-hmm. space is how many chapters you're actually missing yeah and then you can very easily see okay this happens in this chapter this happens in that chapter i need to get from here to there how do i do that and then you can start filling out uh, the empty spaces i find like the visualization really helps me to see my story as a whole and to also see what happens, you know, a fourth of the way through, half point, what happens at that point, what's the big climax points as well, so that I can really weave it together. And I can also easily see what I can take out, what actually isn't needed. Once I reach the end, I look at it and I think, oh, okay, that chapter actually didn't bring that much to the whole story. I can take that out. Yeah, or I can yeah. merge it with something else. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, So are you using different colors to mean anything in particular? Yeah, so I usually, I mean, currently I write a different point of view characters. So I don't just have one point of view character, I have several. And so each color is, for me, a different character. But I mean, you can use it for different timelines, for, you know, different story arcs, things like that. It's just whatever you need to visually be able to see at a glance. So for me, especially with Northern Wrath, I had a lot of different characters. And so I really needed to be able to see very quickly that I wasn't going to put two chapters of the same character directly after one another, or that I wasn't suddenly going to forget a character for 10 chapters so that I could alternate easily between them. Yeah, and so yeah. that's what I really needed to be able to see at a glance. Okay, I've got each of the characters spaced out evenly, it makes sense. And see, I think that's where Cause at first I was like, Oh, post-it notes. And I was like, Oh, I tried that. But then when I, I, I hadn't even started your video yet. And then mm. I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, she has different colors. I was like, that's gotta mean, you know, she's putting in different things. Yeah. And I just personally feel like your way of doing it with colors or point of view or however you want to space that out. Mm. I feel like that works better than just actual post-it notes because I, I think so too. it certainly see. helps me because it gives me a visual cue right from the start. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, there are different ways, different things that you can play with both the color of the posters, but also the shape that you put them up in. Mm. Sometimes I just use the square space because I'm used to that. And I know, you know, 10, 10 posters, that would be 10 chapters. That makes sense. Um, But otherwise, sometimes I use different shapes and that can actually help me if I make like a snake shape or something like that. I feel like I'm more on a timeline. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that sometimes just reordering them and just reordering the shape actually gets me thinking about different things that I wouldn't have thought of otherwise. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I didn't even think of, uh, and you kind of said, you know, like, like climax and stuff like that and like timeline, mm-hmm. like in story arcs, like that actually would be a really cool way too. I think to do, cause I was trying to like kind of divide things into act one, act two, act three. So that would be a, a cool way to do it. Right. Like very easily be able to see where you progress from yeah. one to the other and what needs to happen. <gasps> no, well, you know what I'm going to do when I go to the mall later, we're buying some posters. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of colors. <laughs> Yeah, we got that. And um, I really wanted a whiteboard, um, you know, just Uh, because I'm not a teacher. So I do that a lot. And we're trying Mm -hmm. to find things that are easier, you know, transferable skills, right? Like easier. And I I feel like I use post-it notes all the time in school for different things, particularly for the kids. 
Um, yeah. So I think that's just like an easy, easy transition. So I, yeah, I feel like that way as well. I use them a lot for um, revision at school at university as well. So it kind of came as a, an easy choice. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. And help you monetize that for like a study aid for uh, <laughs> kids in college. Yeah. <laughs> heard it here first. It still does, right? Yes. <laughs> it's called the tilde method. That's awesome. The tilde yeah. method, the poster tilde method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that, you know, that you're definitely on the, I mean, clearly it works, right? Like I was saying. Well, it works for me. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. it different things work for different people, right? Yeah, yeah. But sometimes when you're stuck, I feel like it's helpful to try something new. And with this method, I feel like that many different ways that I can try something new with essentially the same method but I can do it in many different ways to make me think about it in a different way yeah I just get so bored I think that's what my problem is I get so I, you know like I was saying like I just had to take a break and you mm -hmm. know I think looking at I don't know how I know people you know they actually structure their word outline maybe different maybe that's my problem I don't know but I just looking at I had one through ten done and I'm looking at yeah. you know 11 through 20 and I'm just like Oh, you know, and I definitely, I'm, I think I that feel that way be, with word, uh, with yeah, word, yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. It's just, yeah. it's just a list and I feel like it's never yeah. ending and yeah. I don't know, it doesn't stimulate my imagination at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to try this this week myself. So I think actually, um, what it I, works for you. yeah, what I talked about doing was actually, um, hope you don't mind. I was actually no. just going to do a video on you know, and like trying it and putting it up Go on for it. YouTube channel. Definitely. I'll tag you in it and we're all Yeah, and please do. Let me let me know what you want it to be called. We'll we'll call it something after you and the method or <laughs> the cult method. <laughs> like that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> cult method. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I hope that works for you. I mean, I think there are many different ways of doing it, but just having a visual cue can really help to make it feel more engaging and make you want to actually sit down and write. When you, you look at it, you feel like, okay, yeah, I'm engaged. I want to do it. <laughs> well, even like, I think moving the post-it note, right, is mm -hmm. different than copying and pasting and moving it into Word. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I also have a little post-it note that shows my progress. So I know where I am and that one I move along every time and it just feels very satisfying to see it gradually make its way through yeah. the book. Oh, that's a really good idea. See, I think that would really help me get unstuck personally. And I think a lot of people will really find that helpful. So mm. yeah, I'm going to try that. Yeah, that'll be a really, I think that'll be a really cool video. I was trying to find something. I think so too, yeah. You know, where it's like, I don't really have to rely on some, I'm trying to find a couple videos, you know, of, you know, mm. to do on some things like, um, so that's a cool one for yours because uh, Miles Hurt gave me his strategy for, you know, and his graphic organizer for creating blurbs. Um, oh, yeah cool. so I just I started thinking about doing you know some shorter videos for things like that so that's actually like a perfect that's idea. a good idea yeah 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 that's really testing neat. out different methods yeah 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 that's really cool yeah they wrote that one down for later definitely gonna be <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll be a cool video all right well I love that one like I said I saw that on you know your channel I was just like oh I'm stealing that for sure <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, please do. If you can help anyone, then keep yeah. going. Yeah. I hope it works for really well. Right. Well, we'll put mm -hmm. you in uh, my uh, my foreword. It'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, for that second one I sent you there, I'm really interested for this one because um, a lot mm -hmm. of people I've talked to within the past couple of you know weeks. Well, really, I guess it's been a while since you know we had our first interview. Really, it's been a couple months, I think, at this point. 
Um, but mm. particularly in the past couple of weeks, like I was saying before we started recording, you know, I have quite a few of my friends that have just read Shackled Fates. And mm. it just seems like, again, like so many books that I'm into, people really talked about mm. your characters, their depth, things yep. like that. Uh, yep. So when it comes to characterization, where do you start with your characters in particular? That's a really good question. I mean, for Shackle Face, I would say that there are definitely more, there's more focus on the characters, so they get to shine a bit more than they did in the first one. Um, when I do the characterization, I feel like my characters really flourish when they speak to each other mm. or when they speak to other people. So in dialogue is often when I find mm. that I really get to know a character. Yeah, yeah. Because different people will respond very different to pieces of dialogue and... Uh, they will also come away with different conclusions. Mm. Like an example that I also, I often use is, let's say that we have two characters who are talking to each other. And one of them says, um, oh, I don't have any brothers. And the person they're talking to hears that and thinks, okay, they're, they don't have any siblings. They're on an only child. But actually what the character means is, I don't have any brothers, but I have nine sisters. I mean, just that perspective is something that you can only get when you know both of the characters, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, it happens in dialogue where you make assumptions about each other that might be, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're partially right, and sometimes they're completely wrong. Um, and often in dialogue, as we go further and further into a dialogue, we discover things about the other character or the other person. I mean, you know, even if we're just talking real people, right? Yeah, we discover yeah. things about people that might be surprising to us, that changes our previous conception of them. And so I find that often in dialogue is when characters really come alive. And that's when I get to know them. And then I can go back and put in details early on about who they are and why they act certain ways and things like that. Um, but I try to look at it from many different angles. So obviously there's how characters look, how they come across to others, I think is very important. And that also comes through in dialogue, right? Because yeah, yeah. you can be one way on the inside and then come across very differently depending on how you look, how you talk and <laughs> things like that. Um, so I like to find those pieces in between where, you know, there might be misunderstandings when people are talking or one character might be saying something but meaning something else, but that we as readers understand where they're coming from and why they speak as they do and say things as they do. Um, I think characters just like real people are complicated and the more time you spend with them, the better you're going to know them. I think that's true for authors as well. I mean, I don't know everything about my characters when I start. I have a basic idea of who they are and then I get further and further into the story and I get to know them better and better. And then once I'm through the story, I go through it again and I put in more and more pieces because now I feel like I know them. Now we've been on a journey together. I've written the story. I know who they are now. Now I can go back and really show the reader who this person is. So often I feel like I find the characterization really in the edit. So once I've already completed a manuscript already completed the story I feel like at that point I really know my character I've you know we've been through so much together and we've met so many different people so many different situations I know how they react and now I can really tell you who they are yeah so, I think yeah. that's I think that's a, a great point and I just I find it interesting because I feel like you have said it in a different way and than mm. maybe some other people and I have talked about before which I think makes total sense um but I guess I haven't really thought of dialogue in that way, but I guess mm -hmm. that's been kind of happening for me more and more lately, you know, as yeah. I get further into, you know, um, draft yeah. two and things like that. So I, I totally think you're right. On the I mind. feel like, yeah, I feel like when I really know a character is when the dialogue just flows. 
And often I discover just as much about them as the other character or as the reader does when they're reading the dialogue. It's surprising things tend to happen to me when I write dialogue. Characters tend to come alive more for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the more dialogue I write, the better, the better characterization, the better I know them. (laughs) Well, it's nice too, right? Because you're also, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're really taking everybody with you with that characterization rather than just like, you know, info dumping Mm. things like that. Yeah, I have a basic idea and then I kind of discover them along with the reader and along with everyone else. So I I just like how you said, and I just want to point out for the audience that, you know, it's, um, I had talked to a friend of mine recently and we haven't posted yet, but we'll be posting later on Wednesday. And um, he and I had talked about, you know, really treating that draft one, very similar to what you're saying, and, you know, really just getting the story down, but really diving deeper with the dialogue and the characterization and really just taking a little bit off the top. And we kind of mm-hmm. talked about it almost like wood cutting, right? Like you're just yeah. overall shape and then, you know, or clay, you know, and then really trying to get that's the- a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. It's kind yeah. of like get, getting the basic skeleton, the basic idea of what you're doing down. And also I think testing different things. I think a first draft is a place where you're completely free to try different paths and to see what works and what doesn't. And you can take things out later and you can add certain things if it doesn't work out. So I feel like a first draft is just for you. You know, no one else has to see it and you can try everything that you want. And it's just to get the basic idea to know that it works. And then you go back and you can really fine tune it and make it good. It's funny that you say that you brought up dialogue as your answer, because like I said, before we got started, that's why I'm like so stuck right now, because as (laughs) as I was learning more who that one character is. So for the audience, I have this stupid police officer character who I needed. And not that he's stupid, he's really smart, but he decided to not be a police officer anymore. He decided that he wants to be a thief taker because that's just cooler in this world building setting and stuff. So now I have to like rewrite like his entire character. But I do think oh, that- this happened to me in Northern Wrath as well, halfway through. Oh, cool. Yeah, my main, one of my main characters, Hilda, uh, everything was doing well. I had a really, you know, cool path prepared for her, really cool storyline, everything. I was so excited about it. And then halfway through, she decides to ignore all of my advice and do the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to steer her back. I tell her, you know, you can go this way. It'll be really nice. I promise you lots of nice things. Oh, no. And she's just like, nope, I'm going this way. <laughs> <laughs> and so for the rest of the time for the rest of the story and even for shackle fades and slaughtered gods she was just on her own path and i knew no matter what i you know i couldn't get her off that so yeah, yeah. i just had to steer around it oh that's awesome see to me that just means really really good writing and a great story and a great character i just i'm trying to remember if it was stephen king or uh, somebody had mentioned that um recently before we started recording it was mallory coon maybe but we had talked about you know where when you get to that point, right, with a character where they just blaze their own, you know, trail mm-hmm. ahead, it's like that's when you know that you're really on to the right path. So yeah. yeah, it's something quite special. I think people who don't personally write maybe don't really understand how a character can make decisions for themselves. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's a, per- a certain point. I don't really get it myself either. But there's a certain point where, as an author, you know them so well that you realize this is just who they are, and you almost feel like you're not in control of the story you're just there to observe and note down what they're actually doing you can just go along on the path and I always like that yeah I just always like that because I just feel like those have always been some of the best books that I've ever read where you know authors Mm -hmm. have said that and it's kind of interesting and I did talk to Scott Owen about this there's this anecdote about Robert E. Howard where 
his friends would see him writing on his porch and he would just he wouldn't even be writing he'd just be like just like staring there almost like he's like listening to Conan speak and yeah. then he would write and they said it was almost like and he wrote in a very like here and there where it's like if you you know if you told me a, we're friends right we're at the pub and you're telling me a story you're not doing it in a linear fashion you're not this happened yeah. and this happened it's like you're telling me this story here this story here in your life this story here and they said yeah. it was very like that when he was yeah. writing so I just, I always love that where people say that about characters. That just makes me really yeah. excited to read your books that, you know, that, that she's one of those characters. It's like, I'm doing this. You just, I'm doing this. No, you can't control me. No, no, no I'm not listening. <laughs> Keep going. Cool. I mean, that's what you have with your cop, with your bad cop, right? Yeah. Yep. He that's is a bad cop right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was a good cop. He would just sit and, you know, and do what he's told. But yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Follow orders, but no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Not this guy. Uh, that's just an awesome answer. Um, well, that third question, which I'm really interested in, um, particularly with what we've already talked about today, uh, after your first draft, uh, what do you go about doing in terms of editing or do you rewrite draft two? A lot of people are like, why did you ask me, like, why did you edit draft one? And I'm like, well, I wanted to get a better outline. And again, like we talked about like dialogue and, you know, better characterization. So when you're done with draft one, what's your next step? So usually as I write uh, through my draft one, so I write pretty big books, uh, 400, 500, 600 pages. So I reach a certain point and I realize, oh, there are things I need to fix in this draft as I get further and further in. Sometimes if, if things, if I'm really, really stuck and I don't know what, I, what I'm going to do next, I go back and I already start my, my second draft at that point. I start to edit things. But usually if I don't do that, I just make notes. So I make notes of in chapter 13, I want this and that to happen differently. And so by the time I actually finish my first draft, I have a whole list of things that I want to change. Oh, okay. So the first thing I do is I read it fresh and I specifically go in to change those things. But I read everything from beginning to end. So I know what I have. And then usually I have a list of words that I try to limit because, um, you know, when I write, I tend to use yes. the same kind of words over and over. Yeah. <laughs> and so I start to highlight those and I start to get rid of those and kind of, you know, sharpen up the pros and mm -hmm. add things. And so usually when I do, when I go through that one time afterwards, when I, I'm just trying to fix the things that I know I need to fix, I end up with a new list. <laughs> so I can go back <laughs> and do that again. Uh, and I try to each time I go through to focus on one or two things, but not too many, because I've realized that when I focus on too many things at once, it works for the first five chapters, but then I get bored and then I start skipping things that I think are less important. <laughs> so um, I really need to focus on just a few things at a time. And then I go through the same hundred pages a few times to get through the entire list and, uh, and do everything. So I feel like each time I go through, I have a different list of things that I'm looking for. Yeah. So the first time I go through, it will be certain parts that I need to rewrite or certain parts of chapters, certain chapters that need to be taken out and merged with other chapters. So the big stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, or characters that need to be merged or taken out, things like that. And then I go through and I start to tighten up the prose. I start to put in more details. So those are still big things, but you know, not yeah. quite on the word by word basis. And then as I go deeper and deeper in, I start to actually focus on each sentence on the words on how I say things. So I feel like there are different layers to it. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, depending on how good my first draft is, there are going to be many or there can be less yeah. drafts. <laughs> but you said it because Chloe and I last night were talking about that uh, quit and we were like, 
yeah, one of these days we'll get better at, you know, like actually doing these drafts and I was, I was teasing her because, um, uh, like Michael R. Fletcher and them on their podcast for Wizards Words and Words. And I, or maybe it was on Twitter or something. He was like, ah, every time I feel like this is like brand new. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like then someone on there had shared that Stephen King said the same thing. And we were like, if the king himself. You know, <laughs> <laughs> must be good. Yeah, must be right. <laughs> <laughs> every time he's like, yeah, every time I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. We're like, what? <laughs> but just made us feel better knowing that, you know, even if you, you know, but I said, you know, I said, well, I think it's different though. Cause a lot of people who have talked to recently, you know, like Michael mm-hmm. Webb, who I have coming um, uh, before this episode, he's going to be, I think, our 25th. Uh, he was saying, you know, like for him, he just finished book two and it was just so much easier than book one. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of people have said that. And then book three, you know, he's about I to- I feel work. like that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find that's true? Like book three is better? I mean, so far for me, I would say that's true. My first book definitely went through a lot more drafts than book two did, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. a lot. But also it was way too big and needed lots of other work as well. But yeah, I feel like book three is the one that has had the least drafts oh, before cool. I felt satisfied. Well, there so is far. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then you say that. And so I finished the first trilogy and now I'm on to a new series. Oh, cool. And I find that I finished the first book. I'm currently on the second one. And I find the first book, again, needed a lot of work. So I yeah, feel like yeah. I'm not quite back all the way to my debut, but it's still a first book in a series and it still <laughs> needs more work. It's so funny. Okay. So, so, so you have this other series. Okay. And you, you have book one done for that. I have book one done for that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, okay. So I'm going to kind of change the question here then for this next one. Uh, so we're gonna take out number four because mm-hmm. I'm trying, I was trying to find somebody who's in this same spot as you. So yeah. would you say that? Yeah. So would you say that, you know, you felt like it was very similar maybe to writing book one and book two, you know, for, um, you know, Northern Rats. Yeah. Or would you say, yeah, I just, a lot of people I've talked to who have been through that the last six or seven months have said to me that when it was like, like, is this going to be in the same world or is this going to be a new world? Completely. Okay. Even, even better. So Mm. does it feel like you are starting totally over again or does it, was it a little easier or? It was, it was definitely a little easier because there's certain things, parts of the process that I know that I'm more familiar with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even yeah. just the fact of actually what does it mean to finish a manuscript and when yeah. is it finished? Even things like that, you know, when you write your first one, you don't really know yeah. until someone else tells you, okay, it's good now. Okay, so so that's the point <laughs> that it needs to get to. Okay. Well, and you have <laughs> and your first trilogy that. done too, which is... Yeah, you know, really yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I feel like it's definitely easier, but it's... But book three in the trilogy in the first trilogy was easier to write than book one in the new series interesting because i feel like book one is always at least so far for me is the point where i'm discovering the characters i'm exploring the world i have a lot of explaining to do to the reader to bring the reader on this journey and so i feel like there are a lot of big issues that aren't necessarily there in a book two or three because it's already been set up yeah people already know the characters they know what kind of world they're going to be visiting so there are a lot of things that are already there the work's been done in book one um but since this is a whole new world i need to do all of that setup from the beginning right so i feel like there are some similarities so it's definitely not as easy as a book three in a trilogy (laughs) that's easy but um (laughs) but uh, it does have some of the um it does have some of the same challenges as as the first book one 
but I definitely feel like I've gotten better at writing as well so that also helps yeah I mean the more you write ideally you should be better ideally yeah yeah at least you should feel like you're getting better I think feel like yeah. that, that would be a nice feeling to have yeah. <laughs> then you know people are going to judge it how they're going to judge it but yeah. I just think that's so interesting first of all I didn't know that so congratulations that's really cool Thank I'm you. really really excited about that and um yeah that's just that's really good to know I just it was so interesting because that you mentioned that because yeah I've just known so many people have talked mm. about it they talked I think they called it like the the first trilogy hangover or something like that uh, you know, where it's like yeah. just I've known a lot of people that have really struggled with that next book and that's mm. where I had, was kind of talking to my buddy and I said well I kind of would really like to you know finish book two for my first trilogy and then write book one for the other yeah. one just to yeah. kind of you know but we were talking about it and he's like I really feel like I would just finish the first trilogy you know so you know exactly you know what's yeah. going on um, which I thought yeah. was great advice but then yeah I think that's really good advice I mean that's what yeah. I did as well in a way I'm I was a bit worried that if I started a uh, book one in a new series before finishing the old series yeah. I would kind of lose my connection to the old one and not be able to get back into it yeah and that it might feel differently to a reader because I too would be slightly removed from it no yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I mean when I was writing the uh, the Viking series, so the first the first trilogy, um, it was a story that I knew I just wanted to finish. I wanted to get it out there. I wanted to get it out of my system. So I just continued to write everything even before any of it sold to a publisher. Oh, so cool. I didn't know that it was actually going to get published until yeah. I was pretty much done with book three, which gave me an advantage because then I had everything. I had the whole yeah. story. So I was able to, to work on it as a whole entity instead of one book and one book and one book. I could see, okay, well, I don't need this for book three. And so that was a bit of an advantage, but I feel like for me, it was a very good journey to be able to finish the whole thing and the whole story, yeah. to finish my time in that world and then wrap it up and yeah. then go into something new. Well, I feel like that's, I think that's just solid advice because, you know, like, you, you know, you already mentioned a lot of those things. I just think that, you know, like you said, like tone, voice, characters, because I think it might be really hard, you know, to listen to these characters and then come back and listen to these characters. And I have known quite a few indie authors uh, in particular who, who do that and it's like then it takes them forever to finish book three and then they mm. you know, then they're like oh I wish I had done this for the start yeah. of book one for this trilogy and I messed this up and then they have to just go with it um mm. yes yeah, so I just I just seems yeah. to me from talking to people you should just finish a trilogy. I really admire people who can do it but I don't think it's for me I think I quite need to finish at least a big portion of the story before I can move oh, on yeah. to something new that I know at least, okay, there's going to be a huge time jump here. So I can leave it now and I can come <laughs> back and it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To have a story reason or something like that, that's yeah, going to yeah, make yeah. it okay if it feels a bit different. Yeah. No, I think yeah. I think that's great advice. Yeah, I think it's yeah. maybe really hard hopping around. I'm more of a linear person. I like to be point A to point B to point yeah. C. Um, yeah, so I'm usually, not flexible. Yeah. I just, I like stories like that. So it's... Mm-hmm. Because I usually like for yours, for instance, like I will read, you know, Northern Wrath and then I'd go to Shackled Fates, you know, so it's like, that's like, I've been trying Mm -hmm. to read books in different genres and things like that at the same time. And I Mm -hmm. just, I'm going to stop like, that's why I'm just going to finish these three and then move on to yours and then just kind of go from there because it just, Mm -hmm. I haven't read as much this year. And I think it's because I haven't been able to get involved with characters, Uh, you know, know, so I think as a reader, if I can't do it I'm not gonna be able to do it as a writer you know Mm. I just I need the investment in order to keep going series otherwise I feel disconnected and I'm like why am I gonna go back to book two might as well pick that makes sense 
Yeah, yeah so. that might be difficult, especially as a writer, to actually stop and having to go back five <laughs> years later and finish yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Oh. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so I was like, yeah, not even going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you actually make a really good point um, for our next one. So number five. So uh, what do you do to keep track of your world building when outlining for, you know, for book three, for instance? So did you have mm-hmm. a journal? Did you, you know, have specific notes? Like, how do you keep track of everything for your world building? I wish I had, I had made a better system. <laughs> That's everybody's answer. <laughs> I wish I'd thought about it before I started. Um, no, it's a good, it's a good question. I feel like uh, story-wise, since I use the post-its, even when I'm writing book one, I can start to already work a bit in book two and three. So I can have post-its that's all the way over in book three. So I know I'm going to move my way over here. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So that at least helps me somewhat, right? Um, but otherwise, I tend to just do an intense research trip before I start writing so that I really just know my world down into the tiny, tiny details. And then I write my thing. I Sometimes I reference different books. So I usually rely a lot on history books and things like that because I write historical fantasy. So um, at the moment, I'm very focused on one historical genre and I write fantasy in that genre. So I have a lot of references that I can use and I can pull from. And usually uh, I'm quite good at remembering, oh, I read something about that. I know it was a PDF file I had somewhere and it was mm-hmm. called something like that. The page looked like this. I think it was on page 13 and I'll go and have a look. <laughs> Um, but uh, but otherwise, yeah, it can get it can get a bit frustrating. So, but then I do a bunch of research, write my first draft, and then I go back through, and that's when I start to see all of the flaws. I start to see, oh, things are not matching up because once you, I mean, it's written over a longer period that it's going to take me to read it, right? So I'm going to read my second draft and do my second draft a lot faster, hopefully, than doing my first draft. <laughs> Um, and so I'm going to start to see inconsistencies between different chapters where maybe I've described things that look different. And I will start then to make a list of things. One thing I really struggle with this, I think this falls into world building as well, is um, character names. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And character titles, how they refer to each other and things like that. I have a really bad habit where um, about halfway through my manuscripts, my characters change names and I don't even realize and I continue <laughs> on as if nothing had happened. <laughs> And the, the names are just similar enough that when I read through, I think, who is this new character? And I go for about two, you know, two chapters and I realize, oh, it's the same person. I just, yeah. in my mind, I just changed their name. Okay. <laughs> and so usually in my, in my second draft, I have a lot of that kind of thing I need to comb through and, uh, yeah, and change up. Um, so what I'm doing now is I'm trying to keep, at the very least for the characters, try to keep a character list. So all of the names that I mentioned, who are they? How have they met the people that they've met? And yeah, so yeah. that I can reference that and make sure I make sure I get the right names. So hopefully if it works out, the draft that I'm currently working on, it shouldn't have that problem anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so <yeah>. we'll see. <laughs> it's just funny to hear people like different things. Like I feel like I got, like I, um, oh, I've been trying to take notes like as I go and then I highlighted certain things in draft one on paper mm-hmm. where I'm like mm-hmm. okay you know like this is a term I have mm-hmm. to make sure I keep the term the same you know this yeah. thing I have to make sure I keep that highlighted the same I felt like that really helped but it was very time consuming yeah and my friend was like why didn't you just start a journal or something yeah. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. I dealt with this for for Northern Wrath as well so that's 
set in the you know Norse mythology and Vikings and everything. And so there are a lot of terminology from old oh, Norse. Yeah. And the spelling, I did the same thing I did with the names. I went with like three, four different spellings for each of the things, depending yeah, yeah, yeah. on what mood I was in the day I was writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, I think as soon as I finished the first one, I thought I should just, every time there's a new term, I should just open up a document. I should put in the term and I should put them in alphabetical order. So I know I can find it straight away. And I know how I've spelled it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, well, I didn't do that. it's hard when you're going, you know, because you it's, don't want Yeah, and then it, you, you kind of forget and you think, oh, it's fine. I'll remember when I get home. And you don't remember. And <laughs> just, you forget one or two. And eventually it's just, I've tried. It doesn't work. So I deal with that in the draft. I deal yeah. with all the things that I've sort of changed up in my mind in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like we got to get be like Robert Jordan and have like three assistants that keep track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of these days that's going to be me you know like i'll just hire three people to do it for me and <laughs> what is this thing please tell me <laughs> <laughs> i've stumbled across this word i don't remember what, what yeah. was that supposed to be <laughs> well that's i think that's a really great advice and just you know the great perspective on you know just trying it, it is difficult though right and it is. I think, I mean, for the big things, the things that are really important. So the most important things I try to keep in a document, I try to make a document before I start writing where I detail them out so I can reference that at a later point. But yeah. I mean, for the smaller things, I end up doing it in the second draft because when I write, I just I just need to get the story out there and then yeah. I can polish it and do it well afterwards. Yeah, yeah. That's how I always say to my friend. He's like, what are you going to do now? So that's future dance problem. Like that's... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> probably gonna hate me but <laughs> <laughs> um for number six here I'm really interested a friend of mine um kind of we were talking about this the other day uh so what is your idea of the perfect book what would that look like do you have a perfect book I know I do you do okay tell me yours first and I'll give you mine okay I'm gonna totally blank out who the author is but um so there's two I they're actually Star Wars books they're young adult um mm -hmm. there was Shadows of the Empire um, which was just absolutely amazing. I felt like the characters, if they brought the characters in between from Empire Strikes Back uh, with mm -hmm. Luke, Leia and them, and then they told why they were going to find Han Solo and how they're going to track him down. Uh, you had great new characters like Dash Rendar. Um, and also there's another one called Splinter of the Mind's Eye that was actually supposed to be the sequel um, mm -hmm. in between it was uh, just a book that they wrote and it has a great graphic novel in between um, Star Wars A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And then mm -hmm. they changed a bunch of those things um, uh -huh. for Empire Strikes Back. But like both of them were just written by amazing authors. And I've probably, those are probably the only two books besides The Hobbit um, and a couple others that I've just reread over and over and over. And I'm probably about to do again this spring. Um, mm -hmm. It's probably like my 20th time for both they're just wow you can't find anything wrong with mm -hmm. them and you know mm -hmm. it's just they have really great themes it really brought mm -hmm. the like George Lucas's world you know kind of it really expanded them and then not in mm -hmm. a very big novel um mm -hmm. yeah they both were I Jedi was another one um I've read that over and over again um it was just one of those books where I think I probably read it in about a day and a half. If I didn't have to go to school, I would have read it, you know, like within, you know, 12 hours. <laughs> of picking oh. it up. But yeah, yeah. There's some that I, I go back and I'm like, is there anything wrong with this? And I like, I can't, it's like, oh, it's like the princess bride. Oh, that's nice. movie, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious. Like, I just really love the characters. I love the world building yeah. that they did. 
and expanded mm-hmm. out of George Lucas's mm-hmm. world. I just thought that the stories themselves didn't have any holes and, you know, mm-hmm. they were really fun and adventurous. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I just was curious what your idea of like the perfect book would be. Okay, then I'm going to be a bit uh, contradictory here because <laughs> I used to be a perfectionist, very much so. But now I am of the opinion that there's no such thing as perfect. Fair. However, I am of the opinion that with books and films and other media like that, there is the perfect book for someone at a certain moment in, their yeah, t- in yeah, time. Yeah. So a book that just resonates with this reader, hits them at the right moment, finds them right when they need it, and just, mm. you know, becomes the best thing for them at the time, yeah. right? So I feel like it's, it's, I mean, no book is universally loved. Yeah. So there can't be such a thing as a perfect book. There's always going to be people who dislike what we like the most yeah, 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 or who find fault with something that we think is perfect. And so I think it's really the perfect book exists, but just for a few select readers. Yeah. And at that time, I like so how you mentioned that. At the time. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the time a book resonates really well with me at a certain moment in time because I'm going through things that are expressed in the book or it just makes me see, you know, it just hits at the right moment. Yeah. 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 So I feel like that's probably going to be my answer. I don't think objectively that there is such a thing as a perfect book, but I think that can definitely be the perfect. Maybe maybe it's the perfect reader for a book. Maybe oh, that's what like it is. that. Maybe I, that's what it is. I think I think you're on to something there, because like what I was just saying to uh, to Chloe last night, like when I read The Wheel of Time the first time, um, mm-hmm. you know, like the eye of the world, I was I put it down. I couldn't even get through the first you know chapter. And oh, then. Oh, wow, yeah. 10 years later, you know, well, I guess about, yeah, about 10 years later, I went and I, it was like a snow day sort of scenario. I got snowed in and I read the first like half of the book with, you know, the first night I got it. And then, you know, later that day, yeah, you know, it just, you know, and then, uh, you know, like uh, Gardens of the Moon with Steven Erickson was another one, you know, like yeah. at the time I was like, this isn't my thing. I'm never going to like this. And now, you know, we're on book, <laughs> we're on book like eight out of the... 15 books or something we'll probably have to finish them within the next year or so yeah. uh for book clubs so yeah I definitely think yeah. you, you hit it right on I, I think I mean that's definitely happened to me as well that book just didn't connect with me and now I'm at the point where I've learned okay it's just it's not not the right time for me yeah. yeah I don't see any objectively I don't see an issue with it I'm just not connecting right now so I'm gonna pick it up at a later date when I feel like this is the right one for me yeah yeah no I, so I, yeah I think there's the perfect reader maybe not the perfect book yeah yeah, yeah. no I think that's I think that's just yeah, that's just an excellent point. And I think it's totally true because, yeah, you know, you look at like, like we're talking about Way of Kings, right? And last, yeah. and I just think it's interesting where, you know, like I, you know, had mentioned like an anecdote where I think it was on one of the podcasts I listened to and somebody was like, yeah, you know, I think it was Dirk Ashton was talking about, he's like, well, look at Way of Kings, you know, or Brandon Sanderson, like some people loved Way of Kings and thought it was yeah. the best book ever. Other people, you know, gave it a one out of five and it kind of makes yeah. me feel better right <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. but that's the thing right yeah. uh, there is no book on goodreads as far as i'm aware that has a perfect score it just no. does not it does not exist <laughs> yeah 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 no it's totally I mean, true it makes sense because we all have different tastes as well so maybe it's just you know it's not the right book for someone and so they're not gonna you know they're not gonna think that highly of it or it's yeah, not yeah. a genre they usually pick up but yeah, yeah. a lot of the time, I think it's also just when you read a book, it can really change your impression on it, where you are in your mind when you read it. I think that's a great point. Uh, like I had said with uh, me and Chloe's interview, like um, Kevin Hearn was one of those where my friend was like, you know, I didn't wasn't really into urban fantasy, you know, at the time. And then I kicked myself. because I'm like, oh, like 
I ended up really enjoying the genre and like Kevin Hearn, he tried to get me to read Hounded and I was like, no, Tyler, like, you know, I'm not going to read that. And then, you know, once I, I don't know what it was, like, I just end up picking it up one day and at the bookstore. And I literally read that thing within, you know, eight hours. Um, I did not do well on my test the next day, you know, <laughs> Oh a no, a lot about the book. Um, you know, and then I went and bought book two book. That is actually right when I met my wife, um, between book yeah. one and book two. And, you know, then I went back and, you know, I'm, I'm re-listening to them on audible and stuff. And then I'm like, can't my, lend them to my friend. And then he's like, this summer we should book club them together. I'm just like, I'm totally down, you know? And, but it's mm-hmm. just funny, you know, how even, I think that was probably about five years apart, you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't want to read the genre and it was actually, those were the first books that I read within urban fantasy and then it just, oh that's interesting yeah yeah it opened up a whole new world and genre and then um you know I'd always seen Patricia Briggs's books and I just mm. thought no it's not really my thing they just looked more mm. like paranormal romance or whatever uh, and then mm. I read book one my friend goes I really think you'll like this actually and um he was raving about it and I was like well I liked you know like my other friend had recommended you know urban fantasy just in general and Kevin Hearn and Dresden mm-hmm. Files and I was reading Dresden Files I was like yeah I'll try it and then Patricia Briggs became now is like one of my favorite authors of all time you know and I was just like oh my gosh it's funny like, how that happens isn't it it's oh really man strange. I read like the first like she I mean she had like probably 16 or 17 books out for the Mercy Thompson universe and like mm-hmm. Alpha and Omega I think book one and three just came out and I probably tore through them all within I mean, maybe four and a half months and I was really slammed too I was in my second master's program so to to read that you know many books yeah was like I was just like tearing through them so I definitely agree with you I definitely think you know it really just yeah. depends on you know mm. time and place and the reader themselves so yeah I think so I mean I have certain books that I'm waiting on reading I know I'll probably really enjoy them when I get to them but it's just not the right time yeah 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 so for now they're just on hold and I'm going to get back to them when I'm in the right mind space and I can actually enjoy it full out. Yeah. Yeah. No, mm. absolutely yeah. Uh, so for this next one, so I'm so glad that you said, you know, that you're working, you know, on a new trilogy. Um, what are your main writing or career goals for your books themselves? Like what, what's, what's like, if you look back, you know, years from now for your career, like what would you consider success, I guess? Like what's, what's your goal for, you know, your books? Or- I mean, I think I have many different goals, right? I have the more realistic ones and I have the completely wild ones. <laughs> it's been a wild one. I want. <laughs> I mean, I want what everyone wants, right? I want it to be huge. I want, you know. I'll take a TV show. Films, a TV yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I'll take a TV show on, you know, on your trilogy. That's fine. Yeah, I'll take all of that, you know. Netflix. But if, if I'm being completely, completely realistic. What I really want is just, I want them to continue to find the right readers. I want them to continue to spread to in reader circles. I want people to recommend them to their friends because they enjoy them, to, you know, family members because they like them and they think they're going to enjoy them. So I want them to just live their own life in readers' hands and to continue to spread. And career-wise, I want to continue to be able to publish. So I want to be able to write a minimum of one book a year and be able to continue to publish that and be able to live off that. So yeah. that's really my, my realistic goal. I think it's realistic. I think that I can make that happen. Oh, um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I mean, long-term goal, right? It's not like it's going to happen tomorrow, but <laughs> it's something that I continue to work on to, to get towards that point. Um, so yeah, I want to continue to publish. Um, I want to also expand my horizon a bit. So the first one, 
uh, first trilogy, Vikings. Second one, not Vikings. <laughs> but we're still in historical fantasy in the second one. So for my third one, I want to move a bit away from that and try something new. So I want to continue to expand a bit on my horizon, my writing horizon. Yeah. Like so excited for... I'm really excited for, you know, Slaughtered Gods and just to run through all three, but I am really excited that, you know, you're writing a new trilogy, so. (laughs) It's a duology, actually. I I thought it was a trilogy, but it's a duology, so. cooler. We don't see a lot of those. That's awesome. It kind kind of worked out that way, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of them, too, where I'm like, God, this is so good, and like, I I talked about doing that with a friend of mine, like we talked about um, co-writing one together. And he mm. said, he's like, I really want to do this with somebody. He's like, there's just not enough of them. And I do think, you know, that there are so many, particularly, you know, in fantasy and science fiction or, you know, in horror even where it's like, they're so popular, you know? Mm. And I just think it does allow you to, that's something we should probably add at some point is the duology, like, you know, just like to talk to people about, about those because it is a whole different, you know, set of expectations and stories you can tell. It's a different, it you know, is. format and, yeah, yeah, I think that's a great idea. That's awesome. Yeah. That's even more yeah. exciting, actually, because nobody ever does <laughs> that. And I mean, it's interesting because trilogy seems to kind of be the staple, right? It seems to be yeah. what fantasy readers are used to. We all know mm-hmm. the trilogy, and so they're going to be three. Okay, we understand that. Or it's going to be a huge series. They're going to be more than three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then duologies, I feel like maybe they exist more in sci-fi. There's, I feel like there are a lot of sci-fi stories that are duologies. Yeah, yeah. But they're also really, I feel like I see a lot of newer books that are duologies in fantasy as well. I feel like it's it's on the trend and I don't know why, but I'm excited for it. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I just think it's a different, It's a, it allows you to write the story a lot differently because, you know. Yeah, it's a different story arc. Yeah, it's a totally different story arc. And yeah, I just, yeah. I know growing up, I guess I, it probably is more, you know, in science fiction. But yeah, I, I, there were just, I just remember there were a lot of them you know, that I ended up really enjoying. And yeah, mm-hmm. I just thought it was a shame that, you know, people don't use that type of formatting anymore. I yeah. think it's coming back. Yeah, yeah. Which would be I cool. Think, because, I yeah. think it's on the rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's really exciting. Yeah, I, I was just talking to a buddy of mine about that, you know, where we were talking about, you know, some of those early reads we have where they were duologies. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, I just, yeah, I just think it's a different type of, you know, story arc, like you said, and I think it'd be really yeah. cool to see, yeah. Yeah, it is different from the three point structure that you'd have typically in a trilogy as well. You'd have them within the book and then you'd have it from for the entire series. So you kind yeah. of have a three point structure. I mean, a duology, you can't really do that. So it's going to work a bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, with this last question, if you could go back in time, what is one thing you would tell your past writer self? Mm, keep going. It's going to be okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> such good. I mean, we all reach those moments, right? Where we sit in a dark room and we wonder, is this even worth it? Why am I writing? Why am I spending so much energy on this? And so, <laughs> Jeez, somebody in those moments. Who are in that moment right now when they listen to this. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Just keep going. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, especially on the road to get published, it can be a really long road. And I feel like I definitely felt like it was a long road. And there were many points along the way where I could have given up or could have just turned around and done something else. And a lot of points along the way where I considered doing just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would definitely tell myself you did well to continue and, you know, keep going. Believe in it. Keep going. Keep writing. Even when you don't feel like it, it's going to be okay. It's going to come. 
I think that's awesome advice to your past self and to our audience. You're many are probably, like I said, sitting in a quiet corner crying right now. Like, Don't like, worry. It's going to be okay. Just keep going. <laughs> why won't my characters just listen to me and just do what they're told? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I think that's unrealistic expectations. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's going to be me later tonight with my box of tissues, like trying to finish. Well, now I guess it's not going to be because we're literally about to head out right after I get done. Uh, with this oh. and the next one and uh, we're gonna go yeah I can go get my post-it notes and a whiteboard and <laughs> get going so be back to fixing the story come on yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> get and, the cup back and, on the road definitely gonna grab some tissues just in case but <laughs> <laughs> probably a good idea yeah <laughs> writing is a tough uh, tough endeavor <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's funny well, we want to thank you for coming in, you know, again, uh, Tilda, you know, really appreciate always talking to you, especially, you know. Thank um, you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, great. of course. Yeah. Anytime, anytime you want to come and cry with us or, you know, <laughs> outlining or, you know, or, uh, you know, share any news on, or updates. Share my sorrows. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's just exciting. Got a lot of really cool stuff from you today. So really, really appreciate it. And, you know, um, like we said, guys, this is uh going to be one of our um, main episodes for February, she wrote, uh, where we are highlighting female authors for the month of February. Um, so we will be um, uh, going with Benjamin from um, Lo-Fi um, and his YouTube channel and podcast and really try to, you know, really get, you know, Tilda's books out there. Uh, if you haven't checked out Northern Wrath yet, please do um shackled fates is book two and then slaughter gods is book three um mm -hmm. i know i'm really excited for northern wrath i'm hoping like i said to get to it Thank actually you. not this week um but next week uh, so i'm really really excited to get to talk good progress on your tbr list i'm impressed <laughs> uh, well i've only gotten like 15 red this year and usually i'm at like 50 by now so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit behind too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, I, my friend, he said, he goes, you've done a lot of writing this year. I'm like, yeah, that's true. And I've never edited a, a book before. So that was different. To, oh, exciting. Uh, yeah. So I just got done with draft one and editing that. And now we're about to be on draft two. So yeah, Congrats. the TBR took a little bit of a torpedo hit, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to finish off the year with, you know, five really good reads, Northern Wrath being one of them. So hoping to um, do a couple of uh, reviews actually too. So Northern Wrath, I'm hoping is going to be uh, one of the first five uh, for the new year. And we'll be posting them on the YouTube channel. So yeah, so it'll be really exciting to do that. It is going to be spoilers, folks. Don't worry. I'll put it everywhere and I'll even stall a little bit in the first 10 minutes of the review. That way uh, <laughs> people will know exactly what's going on. Uh, thank you everybody for again coming in, turning, um, you know, coming onto the YouTube channel. If you're on uh, Spotify, thank you so much. Uh, don't forget to tell your friends we're on Spotify and the RSS feed has been blowing up on RSS.com. Uh, so that's really awesome. So thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of the fantasy and sci-fi fanatics podcast. Uh, again, you, know, you can find us on all of our social media pages. We are redoing the website the next week or two. Uh, so as soon as we do, uh, we'll let you know, hopefully by the time um, this is up and running, uh, we'll have the website done. Kind of just depends on time management and stuff. Because again, we're always just trying to, you know, talk to great authors like Tilda and, you know, get their books out there. So we're kind of busy, but we'll hopefully, you know, get that going. But again, the YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, and RSS.com are all good to go. Make sure you share those with your friends. Uh, don't forget to check out our descriptions for each of those. So you can go ahead and find Tilda's YouTube channel, her socials, and her books and where you can find those. 
Uh, Tilda, again, thank you so much for coming on. I really look forward to posting this and I look forward to chatting with you in the future uh, about Slaughtered Gods and uh, hopefully, you know, in the future that uh, that trilogy, that new one that you're working on. Oh, sorry, duology. Let me know how it goes with your post-its because uh, yeah, I'm excited yeah. for that. Uh, I know. Uh, you'll, you'll be tagged in the Twitter uh, for sure. Uh, uh, as soon as I get that done on YouTube next couple of weeks, uh, I will, uh, I'll tag you in that too. So we can take a look at my, uh, my crying in the corner with the post. <laughs> it'll be okay. Don't worry. It'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tilda, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday and hopefully I'll talk okay. to you soon on Twitter, my friend. See you later. Bye. Have a good one. <laughs>